Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The justices don't return to the bench until next month, but there's plenty of action at the Supreme Court. The justices have decided to give Google a hearing in its multi-billion dollar clash with Oracle. And President Trump is asking the court to block subpoenas for his financial records and reverse the decisions of federal appellate courts in D.C. and New York, something that the chief judge of the Second Circuit, Robert Katzman, predicted. This case seems uh, bound for the Supreme Court. Joining me is Greg Storr, Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter. Greg, tell us about the two cases that President Trump wants the justices to take. Two cases, very different legal issues, but the same sort of feel to them. In one, New York District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. is trying to get copies of Trump's tax returns for a grand jury investigation. That request is currently on hold. The lower court said he's entitled to get those. The request, though, is on hold while Trump asks the Supreme Court to hear his appeal. The other case involves the House of Representatives and a committee, not the committee that's that's looking into impeachment, President Trump, a committee that wants Trump's financial records as part of what it says is a potential legislative change to the federal ethics laws. Again, a federal appeals court has said the House is entitled to those documents. Trump is trying to get the Supreme Court to block that request. So Chief Justice John Roberts temporarily blocked the subpoena. Why? Explain that whole process. Yeah, that's in the House case. Had he not done that as it was set up, there was going to be a point where uh, the House could have demanded that President Trump's accounting firm, Mazars, turn over those documents. This just basically kept everything in place while the court decides whether to issue a longer delay and then ultimately decide whether to take up the president's appeal and hear arguments. So, Greg, two other presidents have tried and failed to get out of legal processes at the Supreme Court. So what are the chances the justices will take this case? Probably pretty good, given that there are uh, two cases. You know, it might be possible to duck one of them. It's harder to duck two of them. It is the president of the United States asking for it. It may be that a majority of the justices on the court see his arguments as as a bit of a reach because, uh, particularly in the New York case, the president's private lawyer argued that the president has basically absolute immunity from any criminal investigations while he's in office. But it is the president. He is saying it is making it harder for me to do my job. You know, it would be quite something for the Supreme Court to say, no, we don't even want to hear that argument. We're not even going to entertain that. Let's turn to a case that the justices will be considering. That's the Google Oracle case. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a case that is is potentially worth billions of dollars. Uh, A federal appeals court, a lower court, found that Google infringed Oracle's copyrights on uh, the so-called application program interfaces, which are basically software code that allows one device uh, to talk to another device or, or, or one program to talk to another program. Oracle sued Google for violating its copyrights and says we're owed something like nine 
$9 billion, with a B, dollars. Google says, first of all, you, you can't copyright this sort of stuff. And second of all, even if you can, there's this doctrine called fair use that would let us use these application program interfaces, and that should shield us from, from liability. The court didn't have to take this case. In fact, the Justice Department suggested the court not take the case, uh, but, but they did, and it's going to be a titanic fight within the, the tech industry. As you just described it, it's a very complicated case as far as the software, the interface, and the decision here was made by the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. That court reversed a jury finding. That is a specialized court that handles these matters. So now we're going to have the Supreme Court come in and handle this very technical kind of case, which the expert court in these matters reversed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And this is, is, of course, (laughs) a a Supreme Court that has a number of justices who aren't real tech savvy. But we've seen this before. This is uh, with the Federal Circuit is also the court that handles patent cases. The Supreme Court has not been shy in recent years about jumping in and and saying mostly you're being too protective of patent rights, Federal Circuit, uh, diving into the technology and dealing with it as best they can. You know, the Supreme Court uh, does think that that it is the one that needs to decide these especially important matters, even if it it means diving into a subject area that they don't have a whole lot of expertise in. I don't envy you being at the oral arguments in this case because I remember some oral arguments in the past with issues involving technical matters. And I didn't mean to disparage Supreme Court justices. In addition, Supreme Court reporters, including me, aren't necessarily (laughs) that tech-savvy. So it will be uh, a challenge for all of us to try to understand what's really at issue in this case and and try to figure out how copyright law, which, of course, was written, originally set up not thinking about application program interfaces, but (laughs) thinking more about more conventional words and and the like. It would be interesting to see how the court manages to apply the Copyright Act to to this area of of computers. What kind of ramifications will this decision have on the tech industry? They could be pretty significant. I mean, even putting aside, we're talking about billions of dollars in this case alone. But beyond that, you know, Google's argument is, look, these software code, software interfaces like this have always been freely available. That's, that's Google's argument. And without it, innovation is going to suffer. Because if we can't get access to these things, uh, they say, we can't build new products that, that use them. And... Uh, Oracle makes, obviously, a different argument where it says, look, uh, we put a lot of money and a lot of work into these things, and we actually would have let Google use our our code. We just wanted them to agree to a license, and we wanted them, among other things, to agree that whatever they did with it, it would be compatible with the Java programming language that is what this is all about. And so it's a case that has divided Silicon Valley, uh, two different ways of, of looking at rights to computer code, and it will be be uh, probably extremely important for the tech industry going forward. And finally, I want to ask you about the health of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who missed some oral arguments. Until this this year, she had never missed a Supreme Court argument because she was ill. Back in January, she missed a number of days because she was recovering from a cancer treatment, a surgery, and she missed a day in this most recent sitting, just one day, two arguments, where she, we were told, had the stomach bug, but she was back in, on the bench the following week and looked like the same Ruth Bader Ginsburg that we've been used to seeing. Thanks, Greg. That's Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr. 
Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.